Welcome to ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme from Hardcore TV, episode one, all the way to 401 with every pay-per-view and special in between. And this week is a special week because we're doing the special that's special. It is a special special. It's a special special. You got myself Paul and I'm joined currently by Jay. And Griff is going to join us in a minute. He'll just sort of just pop in and I like he was here the whole time, but he wasn't. Yeah, like the the ECW triangle match from a few weeks ago. Um Paul and I will start it off and then Griff the Sandman will join for no apparent reason after a non specified amount of time. Uh and then probably just win. Probably just win. But speaking of winning, we are winning because we are in 1996. We're looking at House Party from January the 5th. It is the public enemy's last event in the company at this point. And I'm buzzing. It is a fantastic show. I can't wait to run this down. So happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah, happy. Extreme New Year. We're in 1996. Um, for those who've been following us on social media, obviously been going on quite a bit about this. And again, a little bit of interaction from um, a couple of other people. Rob Van Dam, Just Incredible, a couple of people. Of- Sabu. Sabu, like say us. Yeah, so a couple of uh, extremes. Obviously, anyone's welcome yeah, on any time. I mean, Have a little chat. <laughs> you, you feel that they might know a little bit about Extreme Journey. Championship Wrestling and the journey from episode one all the way to 401 Eastern to extreme and everything in between. Um, you think that they might be good people to, uh, so, you know, if they're, if they're interacting with us on social media, you wonder why more people aren't. Well, I mean, a fair amount of people do, but you know, I mean, <laughs> the same. More people also, too. More people too. Yeah. More people, more people. But, um, yeah, no, it's good. Um, is that the man himself? I'm here. Oh, no, sorry. I thought it was Rob Van Dam. <laughs> oh, no climax. The whole fucking show. <laughs> We've hyped him up for ages to join. And oh, you've are. missed the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, so next week we're looking at 1998. It's been a wild ride. Thank you very much. <laughs> One episode. God, we covered some grounds. Mate, how long have we been gone for? We just went for it quick. Two years. We just ran down the titles. Who won what? Oh, brilliant. So that's up to speed. Mr. Hughes is back again. Oh. We will get there. For a hundredth time. Um, yeah, yeah, so like a, I said... A few of them are back again. Oof, it's heating up. They're coming back because this is where the party's at. Yeah, like we said, House Party 1996, ECW, January the 5th. The show starts with Joey Styles, who is confronted by Bill Alfonso, quickly followed by Taz. Sit there strong, powerful segment. Um, yeah, great. I mean, the, the intensity with a Taz segment is really starting to come through. I think. Yeah. So, uh, so Taz is like overnight the baddest fucker on the planet. You suddenly just, in, in a way that you didn't quite get when he was training with the Steiners and all the rest of it, you just suddenly realise what a bad motherfucker this guy is. 
at how many ways he can just hurt you. He he just suddenly has clicked into exactly everything we know he becomes. I mean, obviously, um, like he gets the nickname the Human Suplex Machine and all that, but he is just comes across like like he said a, a complete machine. He's yeah. the ultimate fighter, sort of. Yeah. Before wrestling started using the Ultimate Fighter, he looks like the guy who quote unquote will shoot on you and just bat the crap out of you if you cross him. Just a forget bad who, bad man. Do you not suffer Kurt Angle's first ever loss? He did. He did. He did. He did beat the Angle. Angle is turning up this year in ECW. By the way. Oh, that storyline's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's um, um, yeah. I mean, we, he 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 beats some big names and, and it's really interesting to see how they position him because you know his first feud if you will on on uh, this new persona of his um seems to be 911 who is someone they've built for so long as this absolutely unstoppable force of nature wrecking ball kind of guy you know, this giant who just destroys people. And you've got Taz squaring up to him and, you know, even backing him down at points. And automatically, just by doing that, you've made Taz so much stronger because of how you've built 911. It's brilliant. Well, this is it. You've got Taz becoming this machine. And in doing so, he's humanizing 911, who and is this awesome force. But they know nine one one can't wrestle. Hence, it's just be a rag doll. Hence, hence, the background like they're, they're all screaming like, "Let them fight, let them go." And nine one was trying, and, and then they just know nine one one can't wrestle. So even though they're they're building it up, I don't know what it's ever gonna. Well, I do know where it, where it come, comes as, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was crazy. First twenty minutes, this whole like pay per view. First twenty minutes is just chaotic. Yeah, so basically, like I said, Bill Alfonso Taz coming out, confronting Joey Styles, leads to nine one one coming out, getting a quite a scuffle. The fans are chanting, "Let them fight, let them fight," and um, yeah, it ends up with the Eliminators coming out. Yep, hitting him with total elimination. Yep, which still every week I say, "What a fucking finishing move." Um, hitting him with that. Then it leads to Rey Mysterio running out. All the people to come out from the back to like, even though this tag team match was happening anyway, they all built it up as like, of all the people coming out to save him, is the tiny Rey Mysterio. And um, I spent half this match not really knowing if it was a match or not. No, it was very ECW in the way that it just kind of started. Um, It was really weird in the way it started because you had Taz bullying Joey Styles 911 runs out to make the save they square up they're pulled apart 911 leaves the room the ring Taz then bullies Joey Styles again yeah 911 runs back in and then that's where the eliminators run in and start triple teaming him and it was just this really weird whole kind of how they they almost like reset it and started again for whatever reason yeah and they just kept nine one one down. Every time nine one one went to get up, they kind of put him down, 
Hence, like he can't wrestle, so it's kind of like Rey Mysterio versus the Eliminators. It was it was kind of genius the, the story in the sense that nine one one can't wrestle and couldn't really hang with the Eliminators, so the story was taking out the big man to work on the little man, but in a sense it was like protecting the big man because they knew he couldn't do anything, but Ray could do some great stuff with these guys. Yeah, and it so, took three people, three bad people to knock him down and, and take him out. Yeah, so again it's again obviously before like, you know, great work from sort of Heyman like protecting sort of weaknesses of this guy. And at one point I thought we we're gonna get the first six one nine because Saturn's like arms over the rope. Um but yeah, that never happened. Didn't live there. I was I wasn't a massive fan of the finish. Um I was that that was the chicken game, right? Yeah. It's just what why would the Eliminators get in each other's shoulders and then just wait for Mysterio? Because Mysterio is on top of 911 shoulders. It was just, it wasn't as instant and it just seemed like I'm just going to hang on the shoulders while you do what you do on me. Yeah. And then, it, yeah. It's one of those ones like in modern day, it would work really well in kind of like GIF format because you, you cut out the awkwardly trying to balance on shoulders. And uh, you just literally just see him leaping off and hit a hurricane runner. And crazy enough, <laughs> number one struggled to hold Mysterio up more than oh, um, he should do. What what's his name? Um, holding Saturn up. And, uh, Cronus. Cronus. Yeah, Cronus. <laughs> it, it's a very weird finish. I mean, so the visual of of nine one one and Ray Mysterio together are fantastic. It reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Mike and Sully from Monsters Inc. Um, but. Uh, this weird thing where they wanted to have the eliminators this this dominant force, but didn't want nine one one and Ray to lose. Yeah, so you end up with this weird, absolutely out of, um, just out out of the flow of the match. It felt so. It felt almost as if you'd skipped to another match, in the sense that suddenly. You've got the, um, the 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 moment that they do that, and then they just pin and then get on with it again. Yeah, I mean, it's basically. I feel like obviously the way it sort of changes with people leaving and that, but it's one of them where I wouldn't be surprised if they had sort of stayed around, if they'd got a little title run or something. Well, I think this is this is nine one one's last ever appearance. If I if I read rightly. Oh, really? So he's. Is it? Is this? I think this is nine one nine one one goes. So this I this is going. Yeah. No, this is. They say he doesn't have many matches. This is definitely his last match. But whether he appears and chokeslams anyone, there's, there's already already like rummages where he's fallen out with Paul Heyman, at the back. Yeah. So um, I mean, him and Taz get into trouble because he doesn't. Job to Taz in the way that they want him to. I I, I read this is it for him. Hmm. Um, Maybe he's went to Tombstone. I suppose Tombstone was ninety five, wasn't it? Yeah, that's 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 coming up soon. When I remember we watched it. Um, the nineteen ninety six house party event nine one one team with Ray Mysterio to defeat the Eliminators in a tag match, which would turn out to be his last match in ECW. He got involved in a brawl with Taz after the match, and the feud evolved between the two. It was scrapped uh, as he left the promotion by early '96 after falling out with 
Heyman over the former's treatment of the ring crew. So we may we may see him, but there's no more in ring. I don't know. I don't know. That sounds like he's done. Oh. So, um, nice. No, so big Al. Big, he returned to WCW as Big Al and feuded with Tank Abbott in early 2000. No, no, did not portray the Big Al who feuded with Tank Abbott in WCW in early 2000. Oh, okay. So he was a different Big Al, but not that Big Al. No. There's, there's yeah, just a lot of owls that are quite large. Oh, it's disappointment everywhere. He does come back in 98 to ECW. Yeah, I know he gets. Um, I suppose we get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I won't go on about. But yeah, no. So that was interesting. And uh, yeah, Ray and I pick up the win after the match. The Pitbulls come out with Francine. They start brawling with the Eliminators, and the Eliminators hit a um, crazy total elimination of Francine. That looked nasty. She did. She took that like an absolute champ. I feel like it's um, one of those finishes you can't really prepare for, though, because you are getting like someone sweep swept, and you are sort of getting like smacked in the face with the. It feels like and landed on. Yeah, it feels slightly more legit, you know, because you are just getting absolutely steamrolled. Yeah, it just looks completely out of control. It's fantastic. So she gets hit with that. That was insane. We then get Axel Rotten. Versus a little young whippersnapper known as Rob Van Dam, making his debut in ECW. And he does look young. He does look young. Joey Styles run down some of the past history about him obviously being in Japan, WCW, and everything else he'd done previously. So got a bit of a backstory on Rob Van Dam. Um, Axel Rotten did the usual sort of mimicking, sort of the karate poses and all the sort of the cool guy stuff that sort of like, oh, I'm going to do this as well. I'm going to do a kick as well. But um, considering he was very young and obviously not full on into the character, I was um, I was impressed with Rob Van Dam here. Yeah, even the, the crowd were even like telling Axel Rotten to like knock him out. Yeah. Um, and obviously we know what how massive he becomes for ECW. Um, yeah, it was great. Obviously, a bit weird seeing him doing the frog splash without the frog. That makes sense. Yeah, it was. It was well, so what I thought was interesting was how much of his offense and his signature moves were in this match and stay with him all the way through. So if you think about Ray, for instance, a lot of his moves that he does today are not in his repertoire in. 1996 ECW. I mean, you referenced the the 619, but a lot of the moves he does weren't the same. No. Um, and with all of it, you know, Taz, for instance, Taz had to change his style as he went into WWE and, and various other things. So whilst there were points that might have been the same, we didn't have that just, you know, out and out, you know, big chunks that were exactly the same. Whereas with Rob Van Dam, you had, you know, the splash, albeit not the frog splash. You had the um, uh, shoulder barges into the corner, then the backflip, and then the run in. Um, uh, you had uh, some of the the somersaults. You had some of the kicks. The split, um, the split kind of how would you call it? The yeah, the split legged moonsault. Yeah, it, this is it. So it's um, it, it's just not 
the same. It's it's it, well, sorry, no, it is the same. It's it's, it's incredible that nineteen ninety six and we're watching him twenty nineteen, and you can have huge chunks of the match that are pretty much the same, and he's doing exactly the same stuff. I just thought it was really interesting how evolved his mood set was at that point. Yeah. Still going. And he wrestled in um, Down for Glory the other night. Oh. Big Rob Dam, Rhino, Tommy Dream and Sabu were all there. Mental. Yeah. wonder what they've got in common. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, so Rob Dam picked up a win on a debut. Like I said, impressive. See... I'm, I'm looking forward to um, watching his character involved. When does he sort of become the the whole effing show, as it were? So, be good to um, grow and watch what happens with him. Definitely. Um, next up, we got a TV title match: two Cold Scorpio, no gold versus Mikey Whipwreck for the ECW Tag uh, TV title. Oh, no, this is all right. Um, went on a bit. Same sort of match. Decent. Scorpio again. Bored of it. Uh, amazing ability. But yeah, the match didn't spark for me. I, I, and we touched on this a um, couple of weeks ago, I think. I struggle now with this continual booking of Whipwreck as this no-hoper, um, you know, oh, he's pulled off an upset and no one expects him to. Oh, my gosh, he's fighting back. He's now on every championship there is in he's that nearly, company. He's nearly he's a one-time triple champion. Yeah, exactly. So he's won the TV champion twice. He's won the tag team championship twice. He's won the heavyweight championship once. He's beaten the Sandman. He's beaten Steve Austin uh, and Mike, and uh, Rey Mysterio as well. You know, he's he's got quite the pedigree now. You know, he's already bordering on a Hall of Fame career at this point. So this whole kind of, who'd have thunk it? Little Mikey Whipwrecks managed to score a win. No. And and just, again, you know, you can see this. And it, it, they didn't quite do it the same this time. But this whole kind of, you know, the cocky hill continues to beat him down. And one, two, oh, he pulls him up. And he continues to beat him down. One, and he pulls... And it, it, I'm bored of seeing that story with this guy now. Well, why would he not be desperate to win the belt? I don't get why he wouldn't just pin and then go. Especially with with and Woman being you... the manager, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't create that picture with Woman being the manager wanting all the gold. Why would you be taking job? him for granted and and you know doing these silly things when not long ago, about a month ago, in fact, less than a month ago, he was the world heavyweight champion. Something that you have never been able to achieve. Yeah. You don't take him. He's he's a former heavyweight champion. This whole kind of you know, oh, and he's taking him for granted. Even if you take out the fact that he beat you a week ago, he's the former heavyweight champion, the current so, tag team champion, and the there current is TV nothing, champion. But even if your logic was he's the current TV champion, he's the current tag champ because he beat me on a fluke. Cool. He's also beating everyone else on a fluke. At which point, that's got to stop being a fluke. Yeah, yeah, he's just got to be robust. Yeah, and you know, he he's, you know, you you get to the point, and I know that they do, but you get to the point that it it's you know, it's not the size of the f- dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the dog, and that kind oh, of well, 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 cliche, cliche kind of stuff. Yeah, his but, character should be evolving. What he lacked in ability, he makes up in heart, heart and yeah. yeah. And, and he doesn't can't, give up and 
that it should be the frustration that Scorpio should be beating the crap out of him and he kicks out of everything. Yeah. That should be the story. Yeah. And eventually he gets so annoyed that he makes a mistake and Mikey beats him. Yeah. That would work sort of better, the fact that these kids don't get put away. But um, Scorpio did put him away with help from Raven, who's got no interest in having him in the nest. I don't know if it's officially called the nest yet. But um, I think they referenced it as the nest, yeah. Yeah, he's got no interest in having him as he came out, attacked him, and Scorpio picked up the win and got his TV title back. Yeah, so they tease that he's going to hit Scorpio, and then he doesn't. Hmm. Load up the boot. Next, we have Hack Myers Shah versus the human suplex machine Taz with Bill Alfonso. I was still loving um, this version of Taz's music from what we had beginning days of the Eastern and the whole lack of care about the music. I will sort of say, I know it's not authentic, but from this point, WWE Network seem to at least be dubbing. Half, Some of it. half decent musics. So even like Sabu, he wasn't using like sort of the hacker blues at this point. But the fact that they know they can yeah. use that and they can overdub with that, tremendous. Do you know I mean? So little details like that, I'm a big fan of because it just makes it so much easier to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, some of it. So the Sabu stuff picks out um, the Highway to Hell ripoff. I, I think is quite good. Yeah. Um, the Taz one, I quite like. Um, however, right. some of them are still fucking awful. And the Hack Raven. Myers one, uh, the Raven one's crap. awful. The, the the Public Enemy's awful. The, yeah. Their music's bad as well. And But the Hack, Hack Myers one, you know, it was the the comment I've first written about this is just what an awful piece of music. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why I didn't give Raven just his... Um... WWE music no and same with Taz to be honest yeah I mean they're both um, sort of good theme songs it's there and it's done but um, yeah I was impressed that Hank Myers actually got some offence in here I thought he was going to get absolutely steamrolled by Taz but overall, yeah I thought this was going to be a squash match I did I thought it was going to be walking suplex 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 Taz mission you know fuck you Sabu and gone some of the suplexes do look a bit nasty. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely amazing. He, he's... And Alfonso was great, just screaming at ringside. That's all he um, has to do, isn't it? It's just, yeah, yeah. But obviously, Paul Myers like was great in the Sabu match a few weeks ago as well. But um, yeah, I think he's tight. I don't know how long he sticks around for. Is he here all the time with us? Who, Hack? Yeah. Uh, on off. He, he sort of, he plays a role, I'd say, definitely to 97, 98. But he's never a standout. He's sort of always, you know, he's around, he gets referenced. But yeah. Never... yeah, I think we've seen his most high profile. Yeah, the Sharfing's definitely the highlight of his career. But other people overtake him pretty quickly. Okay. But he's always around. Well, so that, he kind of even loses that, doesn't he? So, um Balls Mahoney, when he comes in, they kind of adapt it for balls. So when balls is hitting someone, it's balls, balls, balls. And when someone's hitting balls, it's nuts, nuts, nuts. So even that bit kind of lives on beyond him. Oh, poor hack. Um, yeah, so Taz but eventually does pick up the wins. Far better match for me than 
we saw with Sabu and uh, Hack Myers um, because it wasn't competitive. Um, it's closer to the match that I thought they should have. I thought the Sabu and Hack Myers match went on far too long. Um, it was two fifty-fifty. Um, you know, I know that Taz didn't just steamroll him, but he, you, you were in no doubt who was in control of that match and who won that match. Yeah, hundred percent. After the match, just, Taz um, talks about his path of rage and tells everyone to fuck off. <laughs> so I thought it was just, oh, we're in so the deep stuff now. We're in the deep end of this uh, now. We're not. Far from the shallows, this is this is deep ECW now. It just feels quite refreshing just hearing someone just swear, to be honest. Yeah. Because the world's almost gone full circle where you can be shocked again by it. Totally. So that's good. Um, next we have but, 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 Bubba Ray Dudley with Sign Guy Dudley, Chubby Dudley, Dances with Dudley and Big Dick Dudley versus Jimmy Del Rey with... Mr. Hughes. Yeah, so before we get on to the what the fuck with Jimmy Del Rey and Mr. Hughes, um, I'm not sure about the Dudley naming. Why? Because it's confusing me. That's so, okay, so, DW Dudley, I, I, I see and I understand. Yeah. Signed up Guy Dudley, I see and I understand. Love the fact that you know you can see the the, the sign feud going on. If we're going and... down the road to Big Dick Dudley here, you just need to stop, all right? <laughs> what? Trying to get that well, Blue got... sponsorship again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so you've got... <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> but so you've got, like, Chubby Dudley, yeah. who doesn't look that big. I mean, he isn't, you know, on... My six hundred pound life or something. He's not. Yeah, but that would be clinically obese, Dudley. But he's eating pizza. Yeah, he's just chubby. And then, and then you've got Big Dick Dudley, who's the same size as Bubba Dud, Bubba Ray. Yeah, but <laughs> so he's not actually that big. So Chubby's not actually that chubby, yeah. and Dick's not actually that big, and he's wearing blue. <laughs> oh. um, so yeah I don't understand do you know how old Big Dick Dudley is in, in this 73 years old how old do you reckon he is 27 years old yeah he's 27 oh really and it's like wow you have not aged well and apparently <laughs> he's got an absolute massive heart yeah as well <laughs> But I have massive problems. When we get to the match, I have massive problems with this. We're in the match. We're we in are. The match. So Jimmy Del Rey is here with Mr. Hughes as his backup because his partner has gone off to have some sunny days. Oh. Griff, did you get yeah. the reference? I did. Go on then. Bod- body's on us. Yeah. Right. Thank wow. you. He's gone off to be zipped. Slam dunk the funk. He did go off to be zipped, didn't he? Oh, it can't be long before Candido comes back then. Sweet. No, it can't be. Well, we still got it through WrestleMania and all that jazz. But yeah, it can't be long. That's crazy. 
so yeah, so the American gigolo, Dim- Jimmy Del Rey's gone for his backup, which is quite obviously Mr. Hughes. Hughesy, obviously, we'll talk about the uh, another payday. Anyway, what annoyed you about this match, Griff? Oh, because you've got a, you've got loads of the Dudleys, yeah, and Mr. Hughes kind of interferes at some point, and Big Dick Dudley doesn't hit him whatsoever, and then obviously when we come to what happens. Big Dick Dudley also does nothing. I, I just they're supposed to be like a family and load these people, and he's supposed to be the big massive enforcer, but he brings nothing to the table but grunt. Be fair, isn't his knee still fucked? Uh, then then stay injured. He can't even hit people with cane. Like he sees obviously the main talk of this match. We might as well just get come down to it. it I'll wait for you to announce it and then we'll discuss it more. Well, that's all right. We'll just obviously run down the end. So one, then we'll get on to the good stuff. And why yeah, it was so, so the scary. End, the end is basically like Bubba, Bubba Ray um, DDT finish, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pins. Um, and then there's loads of like freeze kind of stuff where I don't know what happened in between. This match seemed to like not be in its entirety. Because um, then all that of a sudden, they're at the ring, a lot. yeah, and then all of a sudden, Mr. Hughes and that are back inside the ring, and basically, they're like, You you can't talk properly. I know someone who taught you better English. Um, a ECW got to learn how to, like, I don't know, show the entrance way because they're still showing the ring, and everyone's going crazy, and it's like we're supposed to be in on it. And until Joey Styles says it's the franchise, like. And the franchise still doesn't come onto screen for like another ten seconds. They usually, I don't know, they need to get that whole like, oh shit, it's him. I, I I don't know why you bring Mr. Hughes back. I don't know why you get Mr. Hughes to cut a promo. I don't know why you get Mr. Hughes to cut a promo about people not speaking English. Good. I think what scared me the most about this is obviously when Shane Douglas hit the side of the ring, he started doing the triple threat sign. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of sat the fault Jimmy Del Rey, Mr. Hughes and Shay Douglas, the triple threat. They've arrived. Yeah, I mean, you oh, know, we've we've built a triple stable. threat up a lot oh about how powerful and, and important it is. And, you know, it, it's fair to say that while the talent was on show with the Crippler, the shooter, and franchise even though they were never in the ring at the same fucking time they were never in the ring at the same time they were in no shape way shape or form apart from one promo they cut together <laughs> they were never actually together in any format so at the moment i do feel like we are drastically overselling the triple threat based upon what they become and what kind of surprised me slightly it's how much um, you wanted this group is when I realised that actually it's not even the next incarnation of the triple threat, it's the final oh. incarnation of the triple threat. Yeah. It's still a little prime time to go, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So, yeah, so I, I wouldn't have moment, surprised me. And I was so worried that this old Hughesy or Del Rey were just going to throw up the old triple threat sign. But instead, Del Rey just kept pointing to Shane Douglas, really excited to see him. And Jay Douglas says he's the best teacher ever. And I'm like, are you taking the piss out of yourself? Or like... Yeah, I, yes. kind of, I find it very strange that he embraced that. But like, why, why would you even bring that up? You'd just be like, I've been away for a little bit, but not... No, I thought I he would have been the other way. 
he's like, I'm not here to like teach you English, you know. It sucks being a teacher kind of thing. Here on the franchise, like Yeah. I'm something. Like fuck you. Kind of his normal kind yeah. of Yeah. It almost felt like he was trying to port in the the, the Dean gimmick rather than yeah, just kind of a, like I'll prove ignore it over kind point. of thing. So yeah, he's back. Uh, we all rejoice. And then he slaps he slaps Bubba Ray Dudley and just no one does anything about it. Session, no, for for a family and backup, the Dudleys are fucking awful. I mean, even Big Dick uh, Dudley just kind of looks at him and they're like, well, you know, you 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 did stutter. Exactly. I'm like, what is the point of him? <laughs> yeah. Future XPW World Heavyweight Champion, I have you know. No, good for him. <laughs> um, next Speaking up, of what's the point, <laughs> we have a mid-show segment. Joey Styles with Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie says so he's no longer dancing Stevie Richards. He's now Studly Stevie Richards, and as this sort of falls as a Raven, and Jay is our resident Raven expert. Jay, take this segment away. Uh, yeah, so he uh, explains that for four weeks now. Um, Raven had gone to a concert and basically has been on a four-week bender where he's not been around. Not there at the moment, four-week bender where he's not been around. Now, ignore the fact that we've seen him already tonight because apparently we haven't because he's not there. He's he's on his four-week bender. Um, And as such, and bearing in mind Studley Stevie Richards um, is enjoying his, his, you know, out and out sassy nature and we all love a bit of sassy so you know we we know that that's the case um after being the ladies man that he was and getting a snog from missy hyatt's last week or a couple of weeks ago um at holiday hell um he's declared that he is studly and therefore he's gonna look after raven's girl because beulah isn't getting any attention from Raven because Raven's just been drunk for four weeks. Um, so he's now going to look after Beulah. Um, Beulah doesn't want to be touched. Um, Stevie continues on and Beulah declares that the reason she doesn't want to be touched is because she's pregnant. Someone's been in Beulah's box. Oh my God, did you, did you rehearse that? that you? <laughs> you read it. He's got no that's notes. The, that's <laughs> the reason why you've been saying about how amazing a show this is because you had that one line prepped and ready. He's, he's got an A4 piece of paper with just that one joke underneath notes on. He's ready. Now he's got a little post-it note. Perfect. <laughs> that's all you need, my man. Make it as a T-shirt. That's what you do with it, the cows. I've been in Bueller's box. Yeah. Um, oh. So Raven, who's been drunk for four weeks and is rarely seen, uh, runs out. Um, he's changed into his wrestling gear. Um, and he gets in Stevie's face. Oh, no. So he gets in Bueller's face. Bueller tells Raven that he's not the dad. So Raven goes after Stevie. Stirred. Uh, Beulah tells Raven that Stevie's not the dead either. Um, at which point, 
Uh, Blue Meanie steps up. He doesn't, but he should have done. Um, and he declares that the baby is Tommy Dreamers. It's Tommy's. The crowd go wild and Tommy runs out and clears everyone off. Uh, we have the iconic moment of use my sign, Tommy. Um, and then after he smashes him with this sign, he rips it to reveal the stop sign underneath, um, which is a brilliant spot. But after you've seen them hit each other with literally everything in the audience every single week, a stop sign feels a little bit light. Your guard is down, wasn't it? You prepared yourself a bit of cardboard. You didn't yeah, thought, sort of get yourself in the zone to get hit with something hard. Thought um, the biggest risk you had was a paper cut. I felt this was a highly motivated Tommy Dreamer hitting the ring here. I love yes. this whole segment. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I thought it was um I thought it was quite edgy segment. I thought it was it was well done. I like the fact that Raven's first instinct was it had to be Studley Stevie Richards showing sort of a little sort of issues there. Um I love that Tommy sort of came out not in full wrestling gear. And just went hell for leather. I liked it. I thought it was decent. It was good. Any more on that? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, so I've I've seen a little bit of what comes next. And yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, Next when we, we have an ECW heavyweight title match. As Sandman with woman takes on Conan. They don't really like having the to- the world title as the main event, do they? I get this pay per view because it's goodbye to the public enemy. But generally, but very, no. but very rarely do we get the world title as, as your, the main, the event. final match. Yeah, totally. Um, not semi main, not even semi main. No, not even co main. Semi main, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> semi. That's because I was talking about Bueller's box. Um, oh. See now, if you had Bluetooth, it wouldn't be a cent- anyway. Yeah, that's all. The first chewable with the same. Oh no, we don't get paid for that. So basically, um, this match sort of did nothing for me to start off with. I kind of sat there and thought, do I really want to watch Sandman versus Conan? It's such a weird match, sort of stylistically. And by the end of the match, I was just like, this match is really brutal and was sort of kind of hard Insane. to watch. Insane. Yeah, so that's the, reason. that's the story they were trying to tell. So it starts off with Conan wrestling Sandman and Sandman trying to fight Conan. So Conan is doing um, uh, leg grapevines and... and you know, various submission moves and, and, you know, wrestling him and then gets drawn into just this brutal, bloody fight. And that, you know, trying to be the wrestler and just getting drawn more and more into how extreme does he have to get to try and beat Sandman and, and descending to his level where actually the Sandman is always going to beat you because he's the experienced one at all of this. So it was it was quite an interesting story they were telling about that moving through, and the turning point was you know Conan kind of got absolutely bloodied, and that made him kind of grab and in, embrace his his 
inner violence for it. Um, say he turned into some sort of barbarian. Oh. Oh. Huh? 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 That was good. That was good. I'll give you that one. That was good. Yeah. Huh? Are you? Um, so yeah, so that was that was kind of the story of the match. It was good. So basically, they're exchanging cane shots at the end, which was yeah, just, like I said, just absolutely savage. Who passed Conan the cane? So that one was in the crowd. Did they actually explain it? No, so there was. Oh, it was just someone from the crowd, was it? Yeah. So someone in the crowd had brought a uh, a, a cane. It's a godsend, really. Yeah, I mean, so this I crowd. Like is, bully, is... What he was wearing, it looked like the bully. I don't think it was. It wasn't Hitman. I, no, I think it was just a guy in a hockey jersey. Oh, okay. He has to turn up oh, as a fan now, get his own tickets. Yeah. Hello. And bring his own Singapore game. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, Sandman ends up getting the win and retaining that world title. Just. Um, Sandman, face a hill, what would you say? Oh... <laughs> Heel. Face. It's weird, isn't it? Depends who he's fighting. Yeah, I think it. he's um, one of those kind of so-called what a great. over. Yeah, I think he's obviously transitioning for his next sort of main feud. I think he's becoming a bit more face, but yeah. Um, next, we've got Studley Stevie Richards with that blue meanie again versus the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal Sabu. And he did stack it going to the ring, right? He's <laughs> 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 from around and completely stacked it. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I thought it was a good match. I thought um, Sabu looked well up for it. Yep. Throwing himself around like only he can. So Stevie kind of held his own um, a lot more than I thought he would, hitting nice sort of powerbomb spots and and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Not bad at all. Sabu picking up the victory. Is there any major spots you want to point out from it? He's just generally happy that he was just there and it was nice. It was just a Sabu match. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I, I love the um, the yellow trunks that he was wearing, the yellow trunks he was wearing in this. They're, they're quite an iconic Sabu look. Um, but I've got to say the match is kind of meh. Um, he's, he's, he's not kind of convincing me with it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he continues to play through. Mm. Yeah, totally. Obviously, Sabu picks up the win and moving on to the main event. And the reason this is your main event is because it's a farewell match to the public enemy who are on their way to WCW. Next week, we're probably going to find a few bits of public enemy in WCW to have a little look, Ski, but we'll get to that. Um, As public enemy come out, they grab the mic, say, you can take us out of ECW, but you can't take ECW out of us. And the crowds have a tremendous chant of, you'll be back. <laughs> I thought this is pretty... Um... incredible because it's sold as this whole kind of, you know, we want you back. 
Whereas actually, and I don't know whether this is the benefit of the hindsight or everything, it is you're going to fuck up over there and you'll come back. Yeah. Quite, um, quite funny. Um, Griffiths, these were your boys, and this was the last time. Any standout bits from this match? Because I'm happy just to say they're gone. <laughs> uh, it's all bittersweet, but unfortunately, it's not a lot we haven't seen already. Yeah, wild. Wild. Most of the spots are kind of... I'm surprised they picked up the win, but I'm guessing as it was, whereas other... Whenever people leave an organisation, they very rarely have a pay-per-view purely for that. Um, so I say, usually when you're leaving, you go out on a loss. But A, they lost the last match to the... Um, Gangsters, and I guess as this was called, yeah, just I'm kind of more surprised they won this one. The same way I was surprised they lost the last one. If that makes sense, yeah. I mean, you could tell um, sense of gratitude from ECW here, knowing that Public Enemy had played their part and were a massive chapter in the history of the company. And it just feels like if they stayed, what could have been even more really. But I suppose I say that the. The matches do, they are all a little bit samey. And I suppose it is a kind of a bit of time to move on. Well, I think with things like the tag division and everything else, I, I do think it was the perfect time for them to move on. They'd wrestled everyone. They couldn't really get the belts back because it'd been done sort of loads. Yeah. It was, it was the perfect... I, I think you're at the point where you have to either move them on or break them up. Exactly. And I don't surprised... think... You can hide them um, as singles. And it's surprising it didn't work out with WWE or WCW, really. WCW, they had a like a four-day title reign, I think. And they think... had a dark match, I think, with WWE no, before Raw. They were, on, they were on, actually, Sunday Night Heat, I think it was. Or was it? Yeah, there's, there's the infamous match with them against the Acolytes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you've checked your Instagram, um, but you know, uh, at sports at underscore sports reader on Instagram, um, pop up the question of your favourite public enemy memory, um, and someone being an asshole may have said that their favourite public enemy was memory was them versus the acolytes. And someone says their favourite public enemy match was Jeff Hardy versus CM Punk. I mean, it's up there. I mean, I shared it, you know. Public enemy number one. Yeah, fuck it, get it all out there. Who cares? And if that was you and you're listening to us and you, that was what you put, um, you know, give us a voice note and I encourage explaining why you, you chose that as your moment and we will share it on next week's episode. The Magdos of Violence. We might not, might have completely ignore you. Yeah. But we also did um, have a legit one saying that their favourite was where are we at? Let me find it. Uh, the matches with the gangsters and the Bruce brothers. Oh, this yeah. twenty six. Yeah, so thinking back to the, the Bruce brothers time, that was um some crazy times, wasn't it? Yeah. So thinking they've they've they pretty have... much like been on every kind of very rarely has been an episode without a promo or or anything in the yes. last year or mm. so. 
Um, they have I'm looking forward to not having them be on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that the Bruce Brothers obviously put them, I'd say, on the map as an early wild feud. And I think Gangsters definitely sort of rejuvenated them when they sort of appeared. You're like, oh, I wow. Think, yeah, I think the bad company matches were good, but overladen with ridiculous gimmicks. You know, the body count match, for instance, made just no sense at all. Still never seen um, that. What's that. What's that one where if you lose, your partner gets killed or something? So apparently it doesn't get shown a lot and it's, it's, it's hard to track down because it was just horrendous. Um, none of the timings worked. And then obviously, yeah, no one dies. So it's like this really odd stip that obviously can't be lived up to in any way, shape or form. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they had a base brawl match with... Um, Bad company as well. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, the stuff they did with that was, was good. Um, <laughs> did they have like a baseball match? Just that wasn't advertised at all. And then the yes. next night was just a real standard boring match, which they heavily pushed. Yeah, I, I, I want to say it was Axel Rotten and someone. Something. Yeah, I can't believe it's announced, but it's mental. Like oh. It's that everyone's going to die a match on Friday night. Oh, and Saturday, we need to talk about this match. It's them against Marty Jannetty or whatever. Well, I mean, we had it again recently with the Ultimate Jeopardy match where everyone had something like super dangerous on the line. And it's never mentioned. Hmm. And I believe that Stevie Richards lost, which meant he had to face the Pitbulls and... Tommy Dreamer and a different tag team um, for five minutes or something. And basically Raven and the gang beat them all up and chained them to the ring so that they can get to him for five minutes. Boom. Oh. Um, but we then got a public enemy sort of montage of all moments and it was beautiful and everyone cried. Really good show. Uh, best probably overall event that my opinion that we've seen as of yet. I really yeah, I thought it was it. great. Much better than the last one. Yeah, I thought as as one set of stars leave in the public enemy, we have people return, as in Shane Douglas, and we also have new stars born, as in Rob Van Dam has arrived. So it's this tremendous sort of transitional period again for sort of the revolving door that is ECW. And um, yeah, I guess I'll just I mean, do the, a few. the ability for, for ECW at this point just to introduce and introduce and introduce star after star after star you know this one show we've got rvd's first match you've got mikey whipwreck who as we've said goes on you know is is a legend you've got taz who's a legend you've got francine who's a legend you've got saturn and Cronus who who are legendary in what they do you've got franchise comeback you've got raven and tommy and beulah and stevie you've got sandman in there you've got new jack in there Sabu in there, you know, this is this is kind of your dream ECW roster starting to come through now. Um, so it's, it's just, it is, it's just amazing how, um, you know, you, in a show that's sending off the public enemy and you've got Sabu who's only just come back and Franchise who comes straight back in and uh, RVD debut well yeah it's just um, crazy it's just perfect 
Um, and that is the end of my part. So thank you very much. Like and subscribe. Make sure you find us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore sports arena. We are very active and we're talking more and more and more ECW as the days go by because it's good. Um, also go to zazzle.co.uk or .com. You can simply search Sports Arena, find a whole bunch of T-shirts. Now the internet is working again in my household. I shall spend some time and get some of the new designs up there, like the ReCW Sports Arena shirt and the Innovator of Silence shirt that we've been working on. So it's going to be good. Um, I'm Paul. I'm disappearing and they do what they do. See you next time. So it is that time of the show where I challenge Griff to do a spoken word performance of a song or a promo or something that has inspired me and taken my imagination from what we've just watched. Um, and uh, I had a, thought, a few thoughts about this. You know, I thought, you know, um, Hot Stepper again because, you know, Public Enemy's last show and various other things. Um but I was moved by the beauty of life and the beauty of creating life um, and, uh, you know, the, the magical love story we are seeing uh, with uh, Beulah and uh, Tommy um, and, and the baby. Uh, so I, I was thinking about songs, about babies and pregnancy and childbirth and one of the ones that came up in my search was from the band creed who obviously have wrestling pedigree with the desire videos from um wwe so um to talk to us about how tommy dreamer is feeling when he's hearing from the back that he is the father of beulah's baby here is Griff with creeds with arms wide open. Well, I just heard the news today. It seems my life is going to change. I close my, close my eyes, begin to pray, then tears of joy stream down my face. With arms wide open under the sunlight. Welcome to this place. I'll show you everything with arms wide open, with arms wide open. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to be the man I have to be. Yeah, man, Tommy. I'll take a breath. I take a by my side. We stand in awe. We've created life. With arms wide open, under the spotlight, sunlight. Uh -huh. Welcome to this place. I'll show you everything. With arms wide open, now everything has changed. I'll show you love. I'll show you everything. With arms wide open, with arms wide open, I'll show you everything. Oh, yeah. With arms wide open, wide open. I suppose if I had just one wish, only one demand. I hope he's not like me. I hope he understands that he can take this life and hold it by the hand and he can greet the world with arms wide open. Because it's, it's like Goodbye, Tommy's pose. Enemy. Goodbye, public enemy. They'll be back. They'll be back. Because they're shit.
Fuck me, that's a long song, isn't it? <laughs> Bye.